Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The NBA tournament is upon us. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. You can always be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Wow, I did not mean to say that. Uh, Could you just... Rewind a little bit there, James. Hell of a way to start. I don't know. Welcome to the program, everybody. Off the top. That is voice of Aaron Goldhammer, by the way. I know you're excited for the in-season tournament, Amber, but geez, I'm (laughs) a married man over here. Please. It is is like hot sex to me, this NBA in-season tournament. We are going to get to that in a moment, but uh, let's try this again for the We're sake of Dr. Pepper. from the Disney Pepper. company. I mean, yeah. Amber, my God. Yeah. I don't know. Be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Triple H say ESPN. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. <laughs> Pepper, the one that fans deserve. I don't know how I got through that. Let's get back yes. to the hot how sex we, that is this we, NBA How do we transition now? Where do we go from It's sexy, this in-season tournament. There's your transition. It is underway. The Cavs at the Pacers tipping off right now. They are getting this tournament underway. They are in East Group A. That is the start of this thing. There are a bunch of NBA games tonight. They are regular season games, but they count towards the standings for this thing. Aaron Goldhammer, have you Can you explain to me how this works? Can you explain to me how it works? Because I... I'm aware of the pools. Sex instead of six, or no, no, no. Oh, okay. the, I'm talking about the in-season tournament. Got it. I, I don't need to. I don't need you to explain how the other <laughs> thing works. I have two kids. Okay, that, that I got. Okay, the in-season tournament. Okay, we have uh, we have how many groups? We have six groups, right. right? We have five teams per group, and they're broken down by conference. And they were sort of assigned like. You know, they're supposed to distribute the talent of the league equally amongst the groups. You don't want, you know, the Bucks and the and the Lakers and the, all the good teams in the same group and the Nuggets all in the same group. So they try to divide it evenly. Then you get like a round robin play type scenario, right, where you play and all those games count towards the 82 in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we go to Las Vegas at the beginning of December. For quarterfinals, semifinals, and a championship game. And if you don't make the quarterfinals, you add additional regular season games against the other teams that didn't make it that far. Was that a clear explanation of what is happening here? I'm following you, maybe right up until the end, because I do think some of that gets confusing when we start talking the Vegas games, right? And the quarterfinals will be played December 4th and 5th. The semifinals, the championship will end up being December 7th and 9th in Las Vegas. So semifinals and then championship, respectively, the 7th and 9th. So we will be in December by the time we find out who actually wins this thing. There's a lot of regular season to go until then. And I don't have a problem with this thing because we are 
doing it with the regular season. It's different from European soccer in that regard. We know he got this idea. We know Adam Silver got this idea from the European soccer model, but they don't do it in season, right? I think it was brilliant that the NBA tried to bring this thing in season. They knew they weren't going to be able to add more games, obviously. We already have, frankly, a too many games issue in the NBA. But if you could bring regular season games, so we're not asking teams to do much additionally. We're just trying to bolster what's already there. I see no problem with this thing. I'm not sure if it's going to appeal to the fan immediately, but why not? Like, why not try to make November basketball a little bit more interesting? Look, I don't think anybody's trying to say that you know, winning an NBA Cup is going to be like winning the Larry O'Brien trophy. You know, I don't know. If if the Heat bounce back from their slow start, oh, Amber, and they win the NBA Cup, is there like a parade down Biscayne Boulevard? Is there is are there t-shirts for sale that you're going to go buy that say NBA Cup Champions 2023? No, uh... no, but 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 it's November basketball. Here's what normally happens in the NBA. The season starts in the middle of October. There's some drama with the first week. You know, I don't know. James Harden gets traded. Uh, Dame's on the Bucks now. Uh, Zion Williamson's actually healthy. Hey, look, Victor Wembanyama's really good. You know, there, there's some storylines. A little bit of juice. And then we go back to the NFL and college football, and we tell the NBA, we will see you on Christmas Day. After with Christmas, a- really. Well, but at, at least even on the Christmas NFL has stolen Christmas a little bit. Uh, f- fair enough. But at least on Christmas Day, you've got like the quintuple header of games that are of sort of always on in the background at everybody's house while you're eating pie and opening presents. I don't know. I'm Jewish. Whatever you do on Christmas Day. I don't really know. <laughs> uh, but, that about uh, covers it. And then, you know, February, March, April, May, you get into the bulk of the season. This is a part of the season where just the television product isn't as good as it is later in the year. What are we seeing across the league, right, Amber? Guys aren't playing, Mm -hmm. you know? You got so much load management and rest and people paying for tickets and not getting good product and injuries. And so now there's a little juice. There's a little something new to watch for. There's a fancy court that everybody's going to have to play on. Before you just bag on this and say, oh, it's a waste, you know, hand the thing to the Minnesota Timberwolves and let's move on. Let's all watch the in-season tournament to kind of give it a chance and maybe we'll all realize as an American sports culture that we've got something here. I I don't feel like this thing for me is necessarily going to really rate, right? Like you said, if my Heat end up winning this thing, am I going to be buying the t-shirt? Probably not. Now, will that be the same thing in five years if the Heat end up winning the NBA Cup? Because that's really what matters here. Like, this is year one, right? And and so right now, we're all going to be a bit tentative as we go into this thing about how much it's going to matter to us in terms of our fandom. But as we move forward, it could be like how the play-in tournament, of course, have taken off. And now it's a different thing. Yeah. But it's still, it was one of those things when they proposed it and when it came to fruition there were a lot of naysayers even about that thing because people don't like change yeah well and also like why do you want the ninth team in you know and the 10th team like what are we doing why are we giving more teams the opportunity those guys aren't going to win anything and then you you know you it is curtailed taking i think you know and and by the way you had the lakers and the heat two uh, uh, uh playing teams last year the Heat, of course, went to the finals, and the Lakers, you know, were in the Western Conference finals and had one of the best playoff runs of anybody. I do think you need more stakes than just cash and a trophy. 
Because that right now is what we're talking about here. And for most NBA players, I think it's like five hundred grand per player. So for the 15th guy on the bench, it makes a difference. But if the Clippers win, I mean, is James Harden, what, what, how quickly is he spending that five hundred grand on you know, whatever James Harden? A night out. A night out. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I think that if you guaranteed the team that either won or made the semis, like guaranteed them a playoff spot, that could be really interesting. What if you guaranteed them home court advantage in the playoffs and you dictated home court a little bit by this NBA Cup? Oh, my goodness. I would like to tie the NBA Cup and the in-season tournament together with what ends up happening in the playoffs in April, May, and June with just a little bit more stakes. And then I think you'd get buy-in from the stereotypical NBA fan. Like how we've seen baseball toggle with this idea with the all-star game. I mean, you're right. You kind of have to put stakes in there in order to raise the stakes overall so that everyone starts buying in and caring even more. And maybe that's what it ends up taking. Or is it going to be just a pride factor? Hey, my heat, they've been ter- they've been anything but sexy <laughs> so far this season. But if they win this thing, am I going to all of a sudden get a boost? Like, hey, when it matters, they can still shine. So will I feel better towards the end of the season heading into a posy? I don't know. Again, it's too early. I don't think that's going to happen for any team in year one. The real test here, though, is going to be years long, and the NBA is doing what it can. And I applaud the NBA for trying to implement these things to make a very long regular season a little bit more interesting, particularly in the beginning of it when you said those storylines start to wane because free agency is over, the trades have happened, the debuts have happened, now we need a little boost and a little help, and we'll see if we get that. So again, a a slate of games tonight, and we'll continue to... Can can, can I just say, so this uh, Nuggets, Cavs-Pacers game just started, right? and the court is blue, Mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, how do you feel about that? It looks like they're playing basketball in a swimming pool. It looks like... (laughs) Michael Phelps is about to come flying down in lane three. This is going to take a little bit of getting used to with the blue court. And again, they have the different courts because they want to draw a distinction. They want people to know when it's a game for the NBA Cup. So the right. courts sort of represent. That, yes. that part's smart. Yes. Yeah, I understand. It, yeah, so you turn on the game, you automatically know, hey, this isn't just a regular season game, but this counts a little bit more maybe than a regular regular season game. You'll have Knicks at Bucks tonight on our air on ESPN, uh, tipping off in about 15 minutes from now. Mavericks at Nuggets, also 10 p.m. on ESPN. So those are the games that ESPN's carrying that count, uh, but Wizards at Heat, Nets at Bulls, Warriors at Thunder, and Grizzlies at Trailblazers. Those are all the games that count tonight towards that NBA Cup. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight. Deshaun Watson will start on Sunday versus the Falcons, but are things good between the Browns and their franchise quarterback? ESPN Radio is also on the app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's week nine in the NFL, and there is a heck of a slate of week nine NFL games. Cardinals and Browns, maybe not one of them, but there's some storylines here. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Cardinals at Browns, 1 p.m. game. But here's one of the storylines I wanted to get into since Aaron Goldhammer is here filling in for Ian tonight. Of course, Aaron, Cleveland, Ohio, yes. on Cleveland Radio. Oh, knows God. a thing or two so you want me to, Cleveland Browns. You want me to talk to about Deshaun Watson? Yes. <laughs> That's because something he's I playing. never do. He's playing in this game. Uh, of course. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you do not get enough time <laughs> when you're on the Cleveland ESPN affiliate. So here's your floor. Talk to Sean. I mean, first of all, this is the first day-to-day injury that's gone on for six weeks in NFL history. So strange. Then you got everybody breaking out their phones at, at practice, in the open portion of practice, to try to get a sense of, yeah, he's throwing, but does he have any zip on the ball? Does it look like he can really, you know, get the ball out there? Does it look like he's capable of playing? So the Browns thought he was going to play against the Ravens a couple weeks ago, and he ended up begging out 90 minutes before the game, and they had to rush a rookie in there. It was ridiculous. They got their butts kicked. Then they start him in the Indianapolis game two weeks ago where he lasts a couple of drives and then they have to go to their backup quarterback and somehow that game they end up winning. I feel like we're at a crossroads, Amber, and I'm confident that Deshaun Watson is going to start this game. I have no idea if he's going to be capable of finishing it because the Browns keep saying, oh, you know, we got to be careful. We don't want him to get guess what? When you're playing in the NFL and you're a quarterback, you're going to get hit. I think that's just part of the job description. So to assume, even against the Cardinals, who don't exactly have the best defensive front in the world, that he's going to sit back there and not get touched all day, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I think the Browns are realizing either they got to get Watson on the path back to playing at a high level now, or maybe they've got to consider just saying, we're going to shut him down for the year, and we'll see you next OTA season. Because waiting around for this injury to heal is sort of undermining what has otherwise been a really good season for a pretty darn talented team. It's a right rotator cuff strain is the official injury. And it is strange how it has been handled though right because it's tip like a strain you're thinking oh okay you know I mean these guys listen they strain things you don't want them to go out there when it's strained and then also tear his rotator cuff on his throwing arm and so you give them the benefit of the doubt at first and then it starts getting weird and then it's like when is Deshaun coming back then he comes back and he looks terrible and then there's all these questions Aaron is this just really about Deshaun Watson being bad and if it's about him being bad though I still don't understand how this is helpful right like they're not getting out from under this contract no. So why are you hiding him? Everyone's already seen it look bad up to this point. But frankly, even right. if we hadn't, it's not like all of a sudden he would have some trade value on a 230 guaranteed and then add into that all the stuff that's happened 
before that contract. And I'm including just also all the time away from football generally, right? Not playing it. So it's not as if some team out there is going to be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, that's that's a, a player that we, we want to take on that contract. I mean, it wouldn't be happening anyways, even yeah, if he Browns wasn't out wa- there. <clears throat> the Browns don't want to trade bad. Deshaun Watson. The Browns right. want to get Deshaun Watson back to some kind of form, which seemed like maybe it was in the process of happening. He played his best game the last time that he started and finished a game. Amber, this whole narrative that he doesn't want to play and he's just sitting around making the money, and I don't buy that at all. I think he's really pushing to play. I actually think that's part of the problem. But I'll tell you what, I I think in all sports there's this issue when players have injuries about who decides when they're ready to come back. Is it the team doctors? Then you've got the players' individual doctors who are different than the team doctors. Then you've got the coach and the general manager and the agent and the organization and the family. So you've got people on all sides of this trying to determine when is the right time to get him back on the field. Because with this injury, there's kind of nothing that is 100%. So to me, Amber, I think part of the confusion here is that the Browns have given Deshaun a lot of power to decide whether he's going to play or not, to tell them when he thinks he's ready. And I think they'd have been better served to watch him throw the ball and let the coach decide whether the guy is ready to play and let the doctors decide whether he's at risk of further injury. Because when Watson's had the keys to make this decision, he's made bad decisions that has put his team in a really bad spot. That, to me, is much more that's what's going on than this belief that he's just really healthy but he doesn't want to pay uh, play and he's sitting back just collecting a giant check. Jeremy Fowler, he is ESPN's NFL reporter. He was on SportsCenter earlier with the latest on Deshaun. The Browns are ecstatic because Deshaun Watson is back. Coach Tevin Stefanski said that he is in and will have no limitations. Good to go on that injured shoulder. This has come a long way from where he was with that Colts game a few weeks ago. He was warming up pregame during that day and just didn't look right. The Browns knew it. And so they took him out. He threw a few passes in that game. It just wasn't the same. So they had to slowly ramp him back up, gave him a little bit more each week. At the time, it was a little tenuous, like, do we have to get him a specialist or do we have to look for some outside opinions? But he got better, and this week he got a little back that velocity that he was missing over the previous month or so. So they're hoping that he can just be his normal Deshaun Watson self. Okay, speaking of the Cardinals, what are you hearing about the status of so he, they were going to go on, by the way, in that Sports Center clip to talk about the status of Kyler Murray as well. We will get into that at some point on the show. But let's stick to Deshaun here because Aaron Goldhammer is filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. I'm Amber Wilson. You're listening to Amber and Ian. It's funny because you can look at the guaranteed contract two ways, and I think a lot of people are looking at it initially, hey, he's got the money, he's got the bag, it's coming his way no matter what, so why would you work for it if you don't have to? And he's choosing not to get out there. He's milking the injury. The other way to look at that, though, Aaron, would be that it's guaranteed. He kind of doesn't have to necessarily worry about injuries quite the same way. Like, he's not going to go out there, in other words, injure the rotator cuff more and then not get paid because of it. Right. Like right. it's, he's right. good to go. And so that's kind of, I guess the advantage of him having the contract, the way it is, which is the component of the conversation. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on Cleveland radio. I have not heard spoken yeah. about much. And you know, I think that but Deshaun's background and history of playing with injuries is that he's a pretty darn tough player. You know, he once drove to a mm-hmm. game to play in it because he wasn't allowed to fly. Uh, because of an injury. He's played on a torn ACL before in college. 
I, I don't trust Deshaun Watson's toughness for a second. I, I think there's certain people who, because of some of the off-the-field stuff, when they hear things about him, they just assume and jump to the worst, jump to conclusions. And I don't think that's particularly fair. But what Jeremy Fowler says in that clip, Amber, I got to tell you, being on the ground here in Cleveland, you'd think getting your starting quarterback back on a Friday before a game, the fans would be like, all right, here we go. Finally, Deshaun's back. We're going to complete some passes. Do you know how many touchdown passes the Browns have to wide receivers this year? One. You are a Miami Dolphins fan. They're throwing one a quarter. Oh, my gosh. They've thrown one (laughs) touchdown to a wide receiver all year long. We need better quarterback play here, okay? But the problem is none of us have real confidence that he is better. Right. So until we go out there and actually see him throw the ball, the assumption is that he's still going to be hampered in some way. And again, I I have total confidence that he will start this game. I have no idea whether or not he's going to be able to complete the game, which is one of the goals of the game for the Browns is to get Deshaun Watson through it and also win. And also win. But I think maybe just getting him through it, that's step A. And we haven't seen that in so many weeks. Jeremy Fowler said in that clip that he is without limitations and that shoulder is fine now. So we will see if that's true when the Browns take on the Cardinals. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian is Victor Wembanyama living up to the hype already. We will get into the NBA next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. NBA in-season tournament. It is in action right now. We are going to get a lot of in-season tournament action tonight. A bunch of games, regular season games. They count towards the standing, though, the in-season tournament. That tournament will be decided in Las Vegas on December 9th. To bring in some help with all things NBA, Andre Snellings, ESPN senior NBA writer. Andre, as always, thanks for your time. For some reason, our producer, James, Steele told me in my ear to ask you what you were doing right now. <laughs> um, so I, I took my my baby daughter and her best friend um, out for boba tea. And so um, when he called, I was pulling up and I can't imagine what he was hearing because there's a lot of 
uh, preteen energy in the car. So I'm sitting in the car while they're inside getting their boba tea. (laughs) Okay. Well, as long as they're old enough to fend for themselves with the boba tea, uh, it sounds like a good move. We do appreciate you taking away some boba tea time (laughs) to be here on Amber and Ian. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Let's talk about what Wemby has done. I mean, we're five games into the season, and this dude looks like the real deal. Andre. Yeah, the Slender Man. Um, so I have been so happy to see him get off to a fast start because I was there in Vegas when he had that bad first game, and the crowd was literally kind of booing him during that first game. And, and, and this is in Vegas. The games didn't even count yet. So the fast forward to the start of the season, and his first game was okay. It wasn't bad. I mean, I think he's had like 15 or 16 points. But um, – my wife watches little clips on YouTube with these opinionated people, and, and one of the uh, headlines was like, is Victor Wimbanyama the biggest bust in NBA history? And it was like, dude, it's been one game, you know? And um, I don't know if, if, if you guys have seen on the other network, you know, uh, Shaq and Barkley were arguing the other night because Shaq was like, don't act like you've never seen a guy like Wimby before. He's just bow bow. He's a more consistent bow bow. And Barkley was like, "Are you serious?" And then Shaq was like, "Yeah, I stand on that." Well, then of course, one game later, he goes for thirty. And um, I think the bow bow comparison has kind of been put to rest. Talking to Andre Snelling's ESPN senior NBA writer. Um, elsewhere in the league, one of my funniest early season storylines is that LeBron's minutes reduction lasted for about one game. <laughs> Uh, he played 29 minutes in that first game, which the Lakers <laughs> lost, and then he played how many in an overtime 42, game? I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. You play LeBron and AD heavy minutes like that, the Lakers got to know they're not going to make it through the month, let alone make it through the season, Andre. Yeah, there's a, there's a definite expiration date on them playing 40 minutes. If it's the playoffs, okay, you take your chances and you hope for the best. But the second game of the season in October, I, I, I thought that was amusing, too, because, you know, of course, I've been following this, right? Like, I have to do projections for every NBA rotation player before the season starts. So I'm doing projections for, like, forty play, I mean, 400 players, and I'm trying to think, okay, well, if this player is playing more minutes and his permit stats means his number is going to go down. And so when I got to LeBron, I, I was literally kind of in the room by myself chuckling, like, okay. All of this press about this minutes reduction, how long do I think it's going to last? I thought it was going to last beyond Tuesday. You know, I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought it might last till November, you know. But, yeah, it, he's he's not going to be the one that's going to be okay with sitting on the bench if the team is losing. And they were losing that whole game against the Clippers. So, I guess, you know, I can understand why he pushed for it. But, yeah, the the, the, the coach is going to have to have a little bass in his voice. Like, yeah, Bron, we, we want you playing 40 minutes in, in May and June, not in October. Yeah, I, I mean, LeBron is superhuman, but also the superhuman does turn 39 in December. So maybe exactly. slow, you know, slow your roll a little bit there, LeBron. <laughs> Andre Snelling's ESPN senior NBA writer joining us here on Amber and Ian. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian. So I mentioned off the top the NBA in-season tournament officially underway right now. We've got seven games, regular season games tonight that count towards the NBA Cup. What are you looking forward to seeing with this thing? I honestly, you know, I heard you guys talking about it a little bit earlier, and I want to see, does it matter to them, right? You know, like, 
as you pointed out, what are the stakes for the players, especially the good players that are making so much money that the I had to laugh. You're like, yeah, each player gets five hundred thousand, and in my head, I'm hearing the coming to America, like, oh, for God's sake, team, do not take my pocket button. You know, like, <laughs> what what are they really going to do with that? Um, which makes me, you know, hate them a little bit and right, die a little, a little bit crazy, inside. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, it, it's legit. It's the world that we live in, the world that they play in. So I want to see if it matters to them. I want to see if it really makes them play all out for games in November. <laughs> if LeBron is going to play more 40-minute games um, in, in November because of the tournament. If if it matters to them, then, yeah, it could be exciting. It could add a little something early in the season when a lot of people are still thinking about the NFL. It could show that, hey, the NBA doesn't start at Christmas. It, it actually is um, going, and these, these games count too. The problem is I don't know that they count, and I feel like the players might might feel the same way. So, that's what I'm going to be keeping my eye on in this whole thing. Uh, have you heard, Andre, have they considered trying to make the stakes higher, like a playoff spot or home court advantage or something beyond a trophy and a little bit of cash? So I would have to feel like those discussions were had. I don't know how close something like that comes to fruition. But, you know, because this is all part of uh, Adam Silver's trying to move towards making the entire season important. And so, you know, this goes hand-in-hand with his, okay, we're going to enforce the laws about uh, resting your players early. And he said it with bass in his voice at the time, but we've already been seeing players miss for load management in the first week of the season. So just like the tournament, I think the jury is out on whether any of those measures actually will make a difference. And if they don't, then maybe to your point of your question, maybe if it doesn't, uh, if it's not enough this year, maybe they go further next year and, and, and start really considering some things like that. But for right now, I think they're going to try it and, and, and try it and see, you know, and if not, they iterate. Andre Snelling's with us. Dre, can you make sense of the fact that we are seeing what appears to be resting, you know, four, five games, three games into the season. These men are in their 20s, a lot of them. They're in the most yeah. peak physical condition that any of us could ever imagine ever being it. Like, I mean, it's, it's, why? Why are we already resting? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the, 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 the science and the analytics, kind of like uh, baseball with the pitch count, um, for a while, it, uh, the research was suggesting that, hey, you know, resting players, not having them, you know, play major minutes, not having as many back-to-backs, not having as many four games and five nights um, helps players get through the season and be there at the end. And ultimately, that's what teams wanted. But it does start to feel a little ridiculous. And now, of course, right around when the, the, the commissioner wants players to play more, now the current research coming out is saying, oh, yeah, no, it doesn't make a difference. So, you know, I, I guess I'm a, a, a numbers guy, an analytics guy, but I do know that, that if used improperly, you can make numbers say what you want them to say at times as well. So I think that, that teams are wanting to err on the side of caution. I had to laugh the other day. Wimby, after he had played four games before he detonated yesterday, I heard uh, someone on the radio saying, you know, I have to give him kudos. He's actually played in all four games so far. 
He hasn't had a, you know, he hasn't had a, a rest game. And they weren't saying it ironically. They were saying it in all seriousness. Like, do you want a cookie? You know, this 19, 20-year-old has played four straight games. And it's not even like they're back-to-back. So I, I think it, it, it's maybe gone too far in the other direction. And the hope is that these new measures in this tournament and things of that nature help find a middle ground where, where players are actually playing the majority of the time if they're not, in fact, dealing with an injury. Andre, I think James Harden is the GOAT, uh, not of scorers <laughs> or, or anything tangible. He's the GOAT of trade demanders. He is the best trade demander in the history of sports, and he always gets what he wants. But it was a little yeah. eye-opening for me to hear him say at his introductory Clippers press conference yesterday, I'm not part of a system, I am the system. What do you think he yes. meant by that? Especially at this point in his career when I think he's like the third or fourth option on his own team. Yeah, I mean, I don't think what he meant by it is like, right? Like, how else could he have meant it except for, you know, in his mind, he's still that dude. I loved Kendrick Perkins' reaction to it, um, you know, on, on, on TV today. He's, he's just shaking his head, you know, head down, like, you know, like just sad and disgusted. Like, he can't really have said that unironically, right? But I think that Harden – I mean, because in, in conjunction with him saying that he's the system, he also said part of the reason why he wanted out of Philadelphia is because he felt like they were holding him back. They were keeping because they were making him run a system where this other guy, oh, by the way, the NBA's MVP is the featured player, you know, that that, that was bothering him. And so I don't know that on paper, this Clippers experiment could work, right? You've got players, um, Russell Westbrook, like Westbrook Harden and, and Kawhi all like to dribble a lot. But three of them can shoot. And so before Harden got there, they seemed like they found a nice groove where Westbrook is like the energy. When he's on the court, the team is sprinting. They're running up and down the court. And then he doesn't have to be the shooter. He's getting the ball to Kawhi and Paul George. And they're playing the best. At least George in particular is playing the best he's played in a while. James Harden can shoot. So you, I could see you fit, fit him in there and he can be a shooter when they're all out there together, and you can let him run the show when they're not all out there together. And when, when, when injuries happen, he can help keep the, the ship afloat until players are healthy again. That all sounds good. But if he comes into this saying, I'm the system, and you've got these other three all-star superstars that's supposed to be built around Kawhi and Paul George, then, yeah, that's not going to work. That, that's, that's an untenable start. So – However he said it, however he meant it, I'm hoping somebody gets in his ear. All four of them dudes are from, like, Southern California. They're all Southern California royalty playing on the Clippers. If they sacrifice, they can make it work. Kawhi's the only one that's got rings. The others want rings. This should work. But, like you said, he's the goat of trade demands, and so things that make sense to other people might not make sense to him. So, you know, but I tell you what, I'm going to be watching. One way or the other, I am going to be watching what happens with the L.A. Clippers for the rest of this season. We have seen a lot of L.A. Clippers teams that should work and then don't end up working. Exactly, on paper. (laughs) On paper, uh, in that same press conference where he said, I am the system, he also wanted a whole lot of praise for not being the system in Philadelphia and for taking a discount there. Andre Snelling's ESPN senior NBA writer. Thanks, Dre.
All right, y'all. Have a good weekend. New York Knicks, Milwaukee Bucks just tipped off on ESPN. One of those games, again, that counts towards the NBA Cup. So that action is underway. Different, unique court if you want to check it out. There's also some empty seats there in the lower bowl. Weird. I thought that only happened at the start of games in Miami. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio. Don't shake your head at me, James. After a win over the Titans last night, Not the Steelers... Not everything is about the heat, Amber. I'm just saying. They're I'm terrible. just saying. I, I thought that only happened in Miami, that people didn't show up to games on time. And apparently in Milwaukee, they have a problem with it as well. After a win over the Titans last night, the Steelers are now 5-3, and three, but are they actually good? We'll get into that next. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Goldhammer, he is filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. You can find him at Hammer Nation 19. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We were throwing some things out, brainstorming before the show, as we do in preparation for the show. And Aaron Goldhammer threw out a terrible idea, which was that my heat are the worst team in the Eastern Conference, which I ex-nade that right away. But then he actually had a good idea. And it kind of came off of a conversation about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he thought, as the mastermind of sports radio that he is, why not do a segment called Lucky or Good? So we're going to try this thing out Let's get to it. James Steele? Yeah, that's me. So uh, we're going to start this off with the Steelers. They won last night 20-16, uh, to 16, but are they good or are they lucky? Are they lucky or are they good? Uh, Hammer. Um, I know Mike Tomlin has never been under 500 in his life, but the fact that they have been outgained, Amber, in every game they've played, and they're 5-3, and three, all five wins are one-score games. If you flip all of those, there's a world in which they could be 0-8. So I don't think they stink. I think they have, like, whatever winning DNA is. I think the Steelers possess it. But that record, that, that that's... That's unsustainable. I think it's more luck than it is skill at this point. What do you think, Amber? Like they've got the culture. Well, the one thing that we will say is we know that they have got the coaching stuff, right? I mean, we all believe in Mike Tomlin outside of Pittsburgh because, boy, are there a lot of loud voices in Pittsburgh that say otherwise about Mike Tomlin. But that's just some spoiled Steelers fans, in my opinion, which I understand because there's been a lot of success in that franchise. But we are talking about a franchise, like you said, under Tomlin has never had anything but a winning season. This is one of those teams that just trips into it but I agree with you I feel like they're just tripping into it like Mike Tomlin is somehow just doing Tomlin things and it's sort of inexplicable because it's not a very good Steelers team Kenny Pickett doesn't look good until the last 
three minutes of a game at any given point. Until it's time for the 92-yard drive. Right. Then all of a sudden he comes up with some plays. Look, I I believe in T.J. Watt. I believe in Highsmith. I believe in their defense. But, man, oh, man, their quarterback stinks, and they keep winning. You can't sustain that, Amber. I, I some of, think some so, of that is that God right uh, now is a Steeler fan. Things are breaking the right way for the Steelers. Kind of like how the Vikings, things were breaking the right way for the Vikings last year. Boy, has that changed that luck this season. It feels a little like that with the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Like, things are, are breaking the right way. They're in a bunch of one-score games that they're pulling off. None of the margins look good. None of the numbers look good. But they keep getting lucky. I, I, I'm i not going to bet against Tomlin having another winning season, but I, I can't imagine that they're actually good, like postseason kind of good. No. James? All right. Uh, up next, the Jets. They're 4-3. and three. But Amber, are they lucky or are they good? Uh, I would say they're good. And I would say they're good largely because that defense is what we thought it was, right? And some of those pieces on offense are what we thought that they were. So this is a good team. The question mark, of course, after Aaron Rodgers went down would be, are they going to be able to stay afloat? And that's still a problem because it's not like Zach Wilson is Aaron Rodgers. There are no teams in the NFL that can lose their starting future Hall of Fame quarterback who's a multi-time MVP and then look the same. Like that does not exist there are not two of those guys on any given roster. And so, of course, that team's not going to be as good if it had Aaron Rodgers. But all the pieces around Zach Wilson that were supposed to be good do, yeah. in fact, look good. So, overall, I'll say it's a pretty good team. Great. We can have a very – that's that's far more debatable. But good. We're talking lucky or good. I'll say, I'll say that's more good than luck. Uh, two of their wins, how they won that giant game last week. Sauce Gardner was sitting over on the bench taking his stuff off, assuming that they had lost, mm-hmm. and they ended up coming back to win, which was totally improbable. Um, and then they won that Bills game on that Monday night when Rodgers got hurt, and that was a totally improbable win. Mm-hmm. There's a world in which they're more two and five than they are four and three right now. And I don't think with that quarterback you can sustain anything. I also don't think Aaron Rodgers is a medical marvel that's coming back from this injury. Did you see his Instagram? The mushrooms, the mushrooms. And this this Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's out here. This is not this segment. I need a whole different segment for this. But, like, why are we out there parading every single week? Like, like we need to see you taking three steps back to throw a ball. He's got to stay in the headlines. What is the point? What is the point? And how on earth is that helping Zach Wilson, because it didn't seem like it helped Zach Wilson this past week against the Giants. Like, why? Why Amber, would that his be helpful? Mere if you're Zach presence Wilson? is carrying the Jets to. <sighs> the Jets are more lucky than they are good, and they're not going to the playoffs. And we'll see Rodgers back next year, but not on December twenty eighth. So get that out of your head. What do you got next, James? Uh, let's go to the Seahawks. They're five and two. They're first in the NFC West. Hammer, are they lucky or good? I don't know. <laughs> I think they're good. Did you say hammer or amber? I thought you amber, said hammer. Digger. No, I said hammer. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I guess my I have bad. to. Sorry, hammer, amber. That was confusing to me. Uh, go M- ahead because I don't Maybe know. I just said it wrong. We've, we've, we have a, uh, it's a thing that's happened on the show already today. Um, amber tried to give the phone number 888. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this coming up. It was There was an inappropriate phone number given, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I think the Seahawks uh, are good. I think they're legitimately good. They were a playoff team last year. I don't think Geno is supposed to be an MVP candidate player, Amber, but I think their defense is good. 
I think their coach is really good. Right. And I think they have actually one of the best receiver groups in the NFL with Lockett, DK Metcalf, and this Jackson Smith and Jigba has been great as a rookie. I think the Seahawks are good. What about you? Yeah, I, you know what? You talk me into it. I will go good more than lucky. They were surprising last season. It's less. It should be less surprising, I guess, to us this season because we did see Geno look good in that system last season. It's a team. It's, they don't knock my socks off. So, again, not a team that I would quantify as great, but good, sure, more good than lucky. Coming up next, we're very good at our jobs. You can't wait to see, hear what the rejoin is next from earlier in the show.